I want to ask Jean Brooks, who is a bit, um, uh, uh, how should I say, she's shy, but I've encouraged her because she, she doesn't need to be shy. Give her a big hand, I'll tell you why in a second. Jean is a member of our congregation, and uh, she's, she's been with us for a couple of years. And I had a, why don't you sit over here, Jean, and hold the mic closely as you speak. Have a seat and relax. <laughs> You know, Jean, Jean has been with us, as I said, for two years, and this, this uh, week we got together, and um, we, we were talking, uh, I, I said, you know, let, let's, let's just talk and get to know each other, because she's been here such a long time, but we really hadn't had a chance to share with uh, each other, and she also had some concerns about, you know, serving the Lord, and by the way, I want to frame this conversation, which will be just a part of the, the ministry time, the sermon time, in the light of the... The teachings that we've had on evangelism and uh, the encouragement, which I hope you received, uh, to become workers for the kingdom, to become evangelists, to, uh, you know, take the city um, through our preaching and our sharing wherever we get the opportunity. God wants us to be bold and to, and to share uh, the gospel. And so in the light of that whole time that we've been spending on evangelism, and I wasn't intending to do this until I met Gina this week, and we had a wonderful conversation, and I got to know her. And, you know, th this is a woman who has uh, lived through a lot, and you see her there with her gracious smile all the time and, and just her humble demeanor. But, um, you know, she's a spiritual warrior and a woman who is restless, how, how, to, serve, how to serve the Lord. And uh, so, Jean, welcome to this moment, and, uh, you know, thank you for blessing me during our conversation as well. Tell me a little bit about your own journey. You're not a, are you a native Bostonian? Or, and tell me a little bit about just the, your background, your family background, so on. So okay. We can get to know you a little bit better. Okay, so I have, I was born and raised here in Boston. Oh, okay. Born and raised here in Boston. Uh -huh. And um, uh, I'm not too sure. Yeah, how, how did you, how did you learn about Lion of Judah? First? Oh, um, I was kind of looking for a home church, mm -hmm. and um, I ran into a friend of mine, Ty, who's a member here, on the red line. And um, I asked her, where was she at? And matter of fact, I asked her, are you still at Jubilee? And she said, no. She said, Lion of Judah. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, yeah, I heard of that church. I'm a visit. And I visited that Sunday, and I've been here ever since. Yeah, that's one of the things that struck me, the, the fact that, um, you know, as we share, you, you never know where somebody might be looking for a church. Somebody might be simply restless about the gospel. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, Ty was able to share with, yes. with you and, uh, you know, lead you here. Mm -hmm. and what a blessing it's been to have you. I mean, so it's, it's so important for us to take opportunities like that and to share even just about our church, about the gospel, about Jesus, because you never know how the Lord can use that to bring a blessing to somebody's life. That's right. And tell me, I know that you have children as well. Yes. How many children do you I have? I have three adult children, 11 grandchildren, wow. and um, two great-grandchildren, another one on the way. My God, great-grandchildren. Look yeah. how young she looks, huh? That's amazing. <laughs> well, that's what the Lord does, no? <laughs> but you, you haven't been always... Uh, a believer. I mean, there was a time in your life when you really did not know God. And, uh, you know, I was surprised to learn a little bit about that past, uh, yeah. which I think you, you feel comfortable in sharing as well. Tell yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, like, um, up until the day before I turned 30, before, before I turned 40 years old, 
Um, I was strung out on drugs, an alcoholic. I mean, that and surprised me completely. I would have never imagined looking at you. Yeah, God is, God is good. God is good. Um, amen, amen. Um, but, and yet somehow there you were. You were using drugs, you were using alcohol, but somehow you were able to carry on a kind of a pretty normal functional life. You, you, were, you worked and so on, and yet you were also had this struggle mm -hmm. with drugs and with um, yes. alcohol. Um, yeah, I had a job. Well, I was, I'm still there. Um, I was working, had a roof over my head, everything like that. But um, one of the things I didn't mention to you was that I, a lot of what I did was in the closet. Mm. I, it was hidden mm -hmm. because I didn't want my family members to know mm. that there were, I was doing something more than smoking weed and drinking. Mm -hmm. um, I smoked crack, mm. you know, and um, I did a little bit of everything, mm -hmm. tried a little bit of everything. And, um, but one weekend, well, my best friend had died the, the month before in January of uh, 94. And um, so now I'm getting high by myself. And uh, one weekend after being high all weekend long, one Sunday morning after being high all weekend long, I woke up and I was about to pour another drink. Mm. And um, what happened was I, instead of doing that, I just fell back on my pillow and cried like a baby. And I cried out to God. And I said, God, I'm, I'm tired and I don't want to do this anymore. Hmm. Wow. Wow. And just like that, he heard me and he healed me and he delivered me. I have not been the wow. same wow. since. And that's, um, uh, that's amazing, the, the fact that you were able to break uh, with all of that habit, I mean, yeah. practically instantaneously. You know, I know a lot of other people have those struggles over a long period of time, but you were able to, well, God really God. Uh, did a breakthrough right then and there, and, and uh, you were yes, freed from right that. Yes, right on my it's bed. A, an amazing move of the Holy Spirit in your life. Yes. Um, so in saying that, um, you know, I haven't been the same since. I'm not saying that the enemy doesn't try to bring stuff to me, mm -hmm. but he does, and he does it often. But the Holy Spirit told me that he would be the one that keeps me, and that's what he's been doing. And um, Give us a couple of tips on how, how, how do you, uh, the word wrestle, when, when you get those moments of temptation to go back to, you know, that lifestyle or to do something that you know you shouldn't do, I mean, how, what helps you? What do you use to give you that strength to resist? Mm, I uh, any, tell the devil he's a liar. <laughs> I said, oh, right. no. You declare oh, no. You, God's Because you know, you remember where you were at. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you just don't want to be there. Yes. And you know if you just do it one time mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that you got to start over. Yeah. And you don't yeah. want that. Mm -hmm. You don't, uh, you, you open up so many different doors to the enemy yeah. if you do, do it again. Mm -hmm. And you, you learn that. So, um, but God is the one that has been keeping me. I haven't been to any rehabs or anything like that. He, he's the one that healed me. He's the one that delivered me. He's the one that set me free. Um, I'm, it was not me because... 
many times before that I tried to stop smoking cigarettes, stop smoking weed, stop smoking crack, stop uh, snorting cocaine. I tried to stop that on my own. Mm. But all it takes is someone to come into your presence that's still mm. doing it that yeah. will draw you back. And yeah. that happens. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so that's another thing. I mean, you know, you have to choose uh, the environments that you move that's in right. and the you friends that you deal with because otherwise you're around. fighting on many fronts. You're fighting on the inside front and the outside. Yes. So you also have to choose your environments, choose your yes. associations. No? Yes. You have to um, come from among them, come from among those that are still doing that stuff. You have to, you, there's something that you have to do. And that's to come away from it. God will keep you. The you know God will do His part as long as you do yours. You know, and you have to make decisions. You have to stand and um, and know and believe that God is going to keep you. He'll He will. What was your experience trying to break away from those friends and those relationships that you had before? Um, how, how did you, what did you feel as you broke away from that environment, those uh, associations? Did you struggle with that as well? Well, actually, um, it wasn't like a hard struggle for some strange reason, but what I tried to do, I tried to go back and get some of them mm. and, and share the Lord That's with the other them. part. Come on, some time come on, had gone by a little bit, well, and, and, and I them. tried to go back mm -hmm. and... Um, and, and tell them about the Lord and what he had did. They knew that he had, you know, did something because my eyes, the white of my eyes used to be yellow. <laughs> they, and they are no longer mm. yellow. Mm. And um, they knew that God had did something in my life. Yeah. And, um, but what happens is that uh, when you're around people who you used to get high with, they are waiting for you to come back. And they try to offer you stuff free of charge and yeah, um, yeah. just to get you back in. And so um, it's just resisting it, just saying yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, what strikes me also is the, uh, that moment of uh, desperation. You came to a moment of saying, Lord, I, that, I can see you, you know, just throwing yourself back on that uh, bed mm -hmm. and rebelling against, uh, you know, that bondage and saying, I, I don't want this anymore. No. And, you know, I think that's one of the big things as I deal with other situations in our, our uh, members' lives is that um, you got to get to that point of uh, yes. hating the sin. Yes. And, um, you know, realizing the seriousness mm -hmm. of what you are engaging in and how destructive yeah. it truly is, yep. that you're killing yourself in a, yep. in a way and that you're... Um, you know, alienating yourself from God. And yeah. I think until, until we get to that point mm -hmm. of holy desperation, um, you know, there's not, there can't be a breakthrough. And I think all of us have that secret struggle. We want to, but we don't want to at the same time. And we've got to just unify all of our energies and say, no, this is it. I, this is, I stand here and, you know, do or die. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. Yes. Um, and I believe that God brings us to that point. Mm. Um, because previously the Lord had been bringing different, sending different people into mm -hmm. my life to, mm -hmm. 
to bring a word. I didn't know that's what it was because um, I always believed in God, but I never knew Jesus. Mm. And so... Um, How could, but, what do you mean by that? Tell me, you, you didn't know Jesus, you hadn't heard. You told me that you hadn't heard of Jesus. No. I mean, in, in I never Boston, heard his name. Massachusetts, <laughs> and you said something that really um, mm -hmm. struck me. Tell me a little bit. I never uh, knew his name. I never heard mm -hmm. his name. Grew up in a Catholic church. And they may have been saying his name. I don't know because I never heard it. Mm -hmm. And you and didn't have people around you come nope. say, hey, Gene, we want to preach Christ to you. And no. would you receive Christ as your Savior? Well, um, later on in life, like before I gave my life to the Lord, um, there were a couple of people that uh, would... Um, like there was someone who worked on my job in another yeah, division. Yeah, you told me about that pastor. I wanted to ask yeah. you about him. So you, those those were the individuals who started kind of yes. sowing the seed yes. for you for the first time, telling you about yeah. Christ. Tell me a little bit about that pastor. You said about the pastor in, uh, was it Morningstar? Or yes, used to he work was a pastor of Morningstar you. at the those time. Those individuals that sowed a seed into you, tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, so like I guess the Lord was actually preparing me or something because I literally looked forward to those afternoon lunches because he would come outside and I was the only one in the bunch that wanted to hear what he this had to say. And he, yes. was he a co-worker also? He was a, he was a worker in another, he worked in HR, I uh, worked in the legal He was office. a bivocational, he was a pastor and also. Yes. So how did he share with you? What, what kind he of would just come out and he would share encouraging words every, every day, mm -hmm. you know? And um, I would sit there and listen. And the other people, what I noticed is that the, the, there was a couple of other people that were there and they didn't want to hear what he had to say, mm -hmm. you know, but I was like all ears. Yeah. And then there was a time like, um, you know, on those weekends when my son's father, he would call me in the middle mm -hmm. of the night mm -hmm. and he had already given his life to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And he, um, he was encouraging me and I would sit there on the phone and listen yeah, to so, him. So you, here you have uh, these individuals who, they may not be aware of all the stuff that you're struggling with underground. Yeah, I think and they And because, were. you know, so, sometimes we see people, they look very functional, mm, very yeah. nice, and everything is together. But we don't know really the dramas. They may have uh, marriage problems or children problems mm -hmm. or illness and so on. And we're putting up a nice face mm -hmm. before the public. But, you know, inside of us, there may be a need, and we're clamoring for some solution. Yeah. And it's good to have those individuals who come in yeah. and put a seed of... Uh, the gospel in our lives. And I think mm -hmm. that's what those individuals did, no? You know, one of the things that, even as I sit here, I'm being reminded of is that, like my son's father, he knew what I was into because he was one of the ones that I used to get high with before, but he gave his life to the Lord before I did. Mm -hmm. So he was one that the Lord sent back, I believe, to get me, to encourage mm -hmm. me to come in. That's what I think that yeah. was happening yeah. in those leagues. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, um, the other, pa the pastor there that um, the Lord just used him and it was just a timely, a timely thing. Mm -hmm. And it was, what I noticed is that it was like a chipping away at whatever, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, and, and so I think all of those different influences, you know, your own just uh, being tired of that lifestyle, yeah. those individuals who loved you and uh, mm -hmm. took the risk because sometimes it can be a risk of sharing with you. Mm -hmm. All of those things conspired. They, they together, mm -hmm. your own need, the Holy Spirit, the word that was being put into your heart, all of these different things, they brought you to that moment where you just 
throw yourself back on that bed and call out to God. And, you know, this was, so it's a, sometimes we're not aware of how, you know, the Apostle Paul says, I sowed um, Apollos watered. Yes, exactly. You know, but the growth is given by God. Yes. And so, you know, that's what we do. We, we share the gospel. So we true. throw seed uh, into the wind or into the soil. And, and somehow all of that put together brings about the result in yep. the Lord's time, in the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit's time. God knows what he's doing. Yeah, you're a woman of prayer. Amen, <laughs> amen, amen. Mm-hmm. You're a woman of prayer, and that's one of the things that touched me about our conversation is mm-hmm. that um, uh, what, what role does uh, prayer play in, in your life? And tell me a little bit about also how you, you know, that, that beginning of your journey, those people that prayed and you were, <laughs> you know, there, so they taught you how to wrestle as well. Exactly. Tell me a little bit about that, just prayer in general, uh, what role boy. it plays in your life. Um, well, uh, you know, being a baby in Christ, you um, there's a lot that you just don't know. I'm a firm mm-hmm. believer um, that people need to be taught things, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, after our conversation, I had time to think about it. And I kind of even agree with you on some things there. I'm that, glad. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's just that. God brought me around people or surrounded me with prayer warriors. And at the time, I, you know, I didn't know what was going on or anything, but I was with them. And um, every Friday night, there was um, prayer at one of the minister's house. And I was one of the people that would go. And um, they were warriors in the Lord. And... Mm. You know, I wondered if the Lord, you know, after all of the experience, I yeah. wonder if the Lord was trying to prepare me. Well, you needed deliverance. I mean, you were fighting with some and very I'm demonic things that, as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. Pushing. So I believe that yeah. the Lord was still delivering me from something. Because remember, I was like, the, I gave my life to the Lord like the day before I turned 40 years old. And most of the years before that, I was living a heathen life and so there was much that the Lord had to deliver me from mm-hmm. so um, and I believe that he used these women yeah. of God yeah. to um, to pray for me and not only pray for me but have me in the mix of um, mm-hmm. that prayer that prayer group I learned not only did I learn but I was also um, delivered from some stuff there as well yeah and you know it reminds me of another thing mm-hmm. amen amen give the Lord glory yes yeah. you know and, and when we're in the process of uh, healing from lifestyles that are so um, gripping uh, definitely you know spiritual warfare is one thing it's not the only thing by the way I mean there's mm-hmm. a you know there's the teaching of the word growing in the word of God yes. you know there's a whole uh, set of different kinds of things you you abandon that lifestyle you you um, stop going to places that can be a source of temptation mm-hmm. yeah you study the word uh, you pray um, and yes spiritual warfare is important because many times you know there are demonic strongholds it doesn't mean that we're possessed but the enemy does have a role in all of our struggles, yes. and he tries to capitalize uh, and take advantage of our mental processes mm-hmm. to put all kinds of things in us. And, you know, habits, they, they sear our brain. Yeah. And it's, uh, so, we, you know, spiritual warfare does play a role. And yes. I, I think God led you 
you know, sovereignty to, to those individuals them. who helped yes. you. And I know you said that sometimes you felt uncomfortable when they asked you to pray because you didn't feel like, you know, you had anything to say. I cried like a baby when it came to my turn to pray. Yeah. yeah, because I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say or anything. So I just stood there and I cried. Yeah. But, and um, nobody told you, hey, Jean, this is the way you pray. Let me take you aside. Mm -hmm. and, hey, these are this the things that you have to do and so on. It was, a, what do they call it, on the job lesson yeah, yeah on the training. job training yeah, that type yeah. of thing uh -huh. yeah right <laughs> i was like oh boy but later on uh, in your journey you were able to mm -hmm. uh, you told me a little bit about some of the teaching that you received a kind of discipling yeah. course that taught you about some of the basics of um mm -hmm. the christian walk and that was very helpful to you as well yes yeah um yeah so later on um, I was able to get into a church. That's the part you're talking about when I was able to get into mm -hmm. the church. Mm -hmm. And I was able to learn, like, uh, different levels of spiritual maturity and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. And um, I'm so um, I'm grateful um, for what God is doing and what mm -hmm. he's already done. And uh, what I'm learning is that he continues. His work is never done in us. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. um, I'm still learning. I'm able to take what I learned um, about the Lord, about the Word, about prayer, yeah. um, and share it with others. Yeah, and know. here you are. You know, you want to be uh, uh, useful to the kingdom. Yes, for sure. And that's why, really, we met. Um, yeah. And, you know, you're not just content to hold what you have, you know, this treasure that God has given you, but mm -hmm. you want to share it with yes. others. Yes. And I, I do hope that the Lord will lead us more and more to be a discipling church, a mm -hmm. church that... Uh, helps others. And, you know, I, I encourage you uh, to get in touch with Gene if you're in that stage of your life when you could benefit from a conversation with a person of experience, you know, who mm -hmm. can talk to your situation. Gene is open and wanting to be a blessing to others. And, yes. uh, you know, get to know her a little bit and c pray with her. Ask her to pray with you as well. And, uh, you know, let's become a teaching church. Let's become a discipling church. Yes. It is so important when people get to know the Lord. They're just babes. Mm -hmm. They're like a, a vessel waiting to be filled with the Word of God. And we shouldn't just be content to say, oh, yeah, receive Jesus and, you know, see you soon right. and God help you. No, we got we to gotta invest. And each one of us is, has a certain level of responsibility to do yes, that. You yes. know, uh, I, I'm so grateful to the Lord for individuals who take seriously their own responsibility. We share with each other. We greet each other at the beginning of the service. When you see somebody new in the church, you know, come to them and greet them. Uh, if you can establish a relationship with someone, sometimes we can tell when a person is searching and is new in the Lord yes. and so on. Let's take that relationship uh, seriously because this is the way Jean was able to grow. People who sowed into her and who helped her develop. And uh, that moment when she was able to be a disciple. And now she wants to be a discipler. Yes. And so I encourage you to, you know, take advantage of the gifts that God has put in her as well. Okay. Jean, thank you so much. Well, you're a blessing. It's Would you an give honor. her a huge It is hand? an honor. And, God. Uh, yeah, you blessed me this, uh, this uh, week uh, when we... When we spoke, and what a joy to see the work that God has done in your life. I look at your face, and it's hard to imagine that your eyes could have been yellow or whatever you were saying. Yeah, and yeah, that you could have were. probably had a face that was very different because our face does reflect the spirit. Yeah. And it's so funny when God works in our lives. I mean, our countenance changes as well in micro ways yeah. that are just amazing. And we see the grace of God in you. Amen. And we thank the Lord for you as well. Amen. Would you extend your hand toward our sister Jean? Okay. And uh, let's pray for her and bless her. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for a precious vessel 
of your grace and your glory. She's a trophy. She is a, a, uh, an expression of your love and your faithfulness and of the power of the gospel to transform lives. And, and we thank you for her. Father, we pray that the enemy would have no space in which to work in her life. Yes. That you would shower her right now with your blessing and your refreshing rain. That the blood of Jesus Christ would cover and protect her always. Lord, that you would give her great joy in serving you all the days of her life. And that you know how, how much she wants to serve you, Father. You know how she wants to be so useful to you. We pray for her pathways to be open, for her to be an instrument in your hands. And for our, our entire congregation, Father, turn, not in, turn us into a, a body of yes. workers for the kingdom, fishers of men and women, Father, uh, loving presences in our jobs and in the streets and in, in the transportation media, Lord, everywhere that we move, that we might carry that gospel and share it freely with others. I anoint her with a double portion of your spirit, and we thank you for the work you have done in her life. Seal her with the power of your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Now, that wasn't hard at all, was it? No. No, you're, you're, you're a natural. Come on. You're a natural. Thank you so much. God bless you, Gene. Thank you so much for encouraging us. Um, God, God has a purpose. Thank you so much, guys. God has a purpose for, for our congregation, as he has for many other congregations in this city. We need to just fill this, this city, this region, with godly people, with uh, militant, uh, on-fire believers, not apologizing for the gospel. We need to be taking risks. We need to be inviting people like Ty did with Gene uh, to bring her to the Lord. Um, believe that you're moving in the approval of God. I think that's what we need to understand, that we are in a different time now. New England for a long time has been seen as a place of, um, you know, darkness, uh, intellectual arrogance and rejection of God. You know, I think that that's over. That really, that's a little anachronistic. I think that the Lord is doing something very special here in New England. And he wants to now, the blessing is there, the approval is there, the green light is there. Now we just need to take the opportunities, okay? Believe that you're moving in the approval of God and in the blessing of God. And let's take risks and uh, get out there. You know, just before we finish, in the little time that we have left, I, I wanted to um, take a moment in having shared with you um, regarding the gospel and so on and sharing the gospel. Um, a while ago, I was just sitting down, and, and I did a little bit of uh, writing very quickly how to kind of condense uh, the plan of salvation. And this is a kind of structure, and, you know, you may not remember everything that I'm going to share with you right now. But, um, you know, sometimes when you're in a conversation, you don't have to learn this uh, by memory, and this will be available in the website for, the, you know, this, this week's uh, sermon. You don't have to learn by memory. I think what you have to learn is the structure, the, 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 the basic content of uh, the plan of salvation, so that <clears throat> when you're sharing it with when you're sharing with someone, you can um, uh, have the the basic outline of uh, how to present the gospel to somebody. And you may even do it in the course of a conversation. You may kind of weave it into the conversation. And you should take time to memorize some of the basic steps. Um, really, it's about it's about six basic things that you need to remember when you're sharing the plan, the so-called plan of salvation. These are things that you want people to understand. And uh, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're well known to you, but you just need to kind of get them together. Now, the, the first one is this, that God created 
a perfect world. Put it, put it on, Marianne, please. Um, God created a perfect world. That, that is the first thing you want to uh, remember. That, you know, in, in, in uh, the book of Genesis, it says that God made the world perfect. He created everything in order. And so you begin with that perfection. Because that's the first thing that people need to know. The world that we live in is not the world that, um, I guess we're stuck, Marianne, is that it? Okay, there we go, all right. Um, and so this is, not the, this is not the perfect plan of God, what we have here. What we have is a world very different from what God created. So he created a perfect world. He created Adam and Eve perfect. But what happens? Adam and Eve, human beings, disobeyed God and sinned in the beginning. So there's an interruption. So number one, you have a perfect world that God creates. Number two, you have sin entering the world. And sin is disobedience. Uh, sin is when you violate God's will for your life. And sin cannot have any kind of communion with a perfect God. He cannot commune with his, his, uh, his perfection, cannot have a relationship with our sinfulness. So sin enters the world uh, when Adam and Eve um, disobey God, and it, it damages everything. It's like a virus that runs uh, along the entire structure of the world. And so we, we disobeyed through our ancestors these prototypes that God creates, Adam and Eve. This sinfulness runs along the genetic uh, structure of mankind, if you will. So uh, they disobeyed God. And so the next... Uh, you know, what, what happens after? You know, the Bible says that the, the wages of sin is death. God said, the day that you eat of that tree, of that fruit of that tree, you will die. It's not that they were going to die immediately, but uh, you will be prone to death. And so death enters the world. The Bible says that the wages, I mean, the, the result of uh, uh, sin is uh, dying and decay. Death in all its manifestations, no? Death, suffering, separation, conflict entered the world as a result. So you have a perfect world, a sinning uh, race, and uh, then death, imperfection, suffering, uh, disorder, entering the world. And this is what we have today. We have the consequence of that. So you have, again, that perfection that God intends. And of course, he has a plan. That didn't, it didn't take God by surprise. He knew. So this is the drama that he knew was going to take place. So you have that perfection. You have that uh, um, sin taking place. You have that separation. The next um, slide so what happens, again, I've said it already, the relationship between God and man was broken as a result. Separation takes place. All the, all the evil things that we see today, uh, people's alienation from God, the distance, the loneliness, the struggle, the, even the um, controversies between male and female, nature holding back its fruits, and we have to kind of extract uh, the fruit of our labor and have to fight with uh, nature to give us what we need or just with the physical structure of the world to, to provide. We, we work, we toil, we sweat, we're deformed by work. All of that is a consequence. It didn't have to be that way when God created the world. And someday God will restore all that. But I don't want to get too much into that. I don't want to preach to you. You want to keep it simple. But the fact is that, you know, the relationship between God and humankind 
was broken as a result of sin. There's that separation, no? Now, here's another important piece. And I would just put here plan, a plan. So you have these consequences, but God has a plan. He doesn't want things to stay that way because he loves us too much. What does the Bible say? For God so loved the world. And there's a struggle between God's love and his justice. He doesn't want us to die um, irrevocably. So he has a plan. He, he put something together. He didn't do it in the moment. He didn't improvise. He knew this from the beginning to the end that what was going to happen. And that was part of the drama that he allowed to take place for a reason that he knows perfectly. But he provided a plan for reconciliation with humankind and the salvation of our souls. He immediately, he knew what he had to do. And in, in the book of Genesis, you see God saying about the woman conceiving uh, or the woman uh, struggling, you know, and hurting uh, uh, the serpent uh, and striking uh, in a strategic sort of way at the serpent. There was going to be enmity between Satan and humanity. And uh, so he, he speaks about that. He, he provides a plan. And there you also see, you know, already foreseen uh, Jesus. And even the drama of Genesis already has some elements there suggest the coming of a Savior of salvation for mankind. But again, God does not let things happen and stay the way they are. He has a plan for us. And, and so that's an important piece. And what is that plan? You know, what was it made of? The plan is called Jesus Christ. We know that now in retrospect because we have the New Testament as well and we have the full revelation of God's plan. He, he provided Jesus Christ, a man who was also God, the perfect sacrifice, perfect man, perfect God, no sin. He had to be sinless. He had to be infinitely valuable to pay for all the sins of all of humanity. I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't uh, not punish because his justice forced him to punish, but he couldn't not forgive or bless because he loved mankind so much. So here he is in that. And the resolution to God's dilemma, if you will, is Jesus Christ. His plan is called Jesus Christ with all that he represented. And, you know, as he died on the cross, he paid for your sins, for mine, so that you wouldn't have to pay for them. You wouldn't have to live eternally in separation. As Jesus' body broke and his uh, blood was shed, that was uh, all in payment for our sins. And he had already done that symbolically in the Old Testament through the sacrifices in the Old Testament as well. But now Jesus does a sacrifice that is forever. We don't have to go, you know, any more sacrifices like they had to every, every day. You had to bring and, you know, you couldn't be purified. No. When you receive Christ as your Savior, that's it. The sacrifice becomes uh, active in your life. So the plan. So you have perfection. You have separation. Um, uh, well, sin, a separation, and then there's a plan that God puts together. It's all very logical in the way you think about it. If you meditate on it and you exercise and rehearse the plan of salvation, you, you'll get, you'll get to, you, you can share. And you know, by the way, sharing uh, this uh, sequence has a, a power in itself. It's supernatural. I think just exposing people to this narrative, it breaks uh, yokes. It's amazing, you know, just the Word of God, pure. And so use it. You know, and there are three, four, five verses that you should memorize. Gene, in our conversation, was talking about the importance of memorizing Scripture. And I agree with her 100%. I cannot tell you how many times in my life, 
In moments of need, a, a scripture has come to my mind and has delivered me. The power of the word of God. There's no other power more uh, powerful than the word of God. And as you share with people, try to, you know, sneak in a verse. And what better verse, for example? And, you know, there's, there's some sublime verse that you can use to share the, the gospel with people. What, what better verse than, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So, you know, this whole thing of, you know, uh, Jesus at the center of it all um, and Jesus uh, being the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice is so crucial um, and so, so important. But, um, you know, the, it, memorize four or five verses that can help you with, uh, you know, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is of course, uh, salvation, freely given. You know, I mean, there's so many beautiful verses that come to my mind. I know them in Spanish, so it's hard for me to translate them many times. You know, the Bible says, you know, God doesn't want anybody to perish. doesn't want anybody to be lost. You know, he wants all to proceed to salvation. You know, God is not stingy. He's not trying to trip you. He's not trying to make it hard for you. He wants, he, he, has, he doesn't have a quota, you know, for salvation. He wants all of us to be saved. It's, it's really that easy in a way. And it is hard also, but it is easy because God, you have a predisposed God. And he made uh, the plan simple uh, through Jesus Christ. Another verse, you know, that when, we, when you're talking, for example, about sinning, you know, um, because, uh, por cuanto todos pecaron están destituidos de la gloria de Dios. Just remember that and you'll be fine. <laughs> Go ahead, Pastor Sam. What is it? Yeah, for we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, sin, we, we have all sinned. And nobody can tell you that, you know, they, some people say, well, you know, I, I give money to the church. I, you know, I send money to uh, Catholic charities or, or my favorite cause or whatever. I'm a good person. I don't go around, you know, kicking little old ladies in the street or stray dogs or whatever. I'm, I'm okay. I, I don't know. We all need God. Bill Gates, with all of his philanthropy, needs God. The billions of dollars that he's given to charity cannot earn him salvation. Because money doesn't make you holy enough to enter into the kingdom. of Money doesn't transform your inner nature. And that's what you really need in order to have communion with God. Only Jesus Christ's sacrifice can do that. So, you know, yeah. You know, there's about four or five. You don't have to be a genius, really, to remember these verses. And they'll bless you as well. You know, as you memorize them. So memorize these pieces of Scripture. And who knows, maybe you can even memorize other Scripture. One, one verse at a time, you know, over a whole week. It's amazing how many, you, how many you'll have. And then rehearse them over and over again. So the plan, Jesus, okay? That, and he embodies everything uh, regarding that plan. So the next uh, uh, concept, you know, that Jesus came into the world, as I, and I've already said that, to pay for our sins. He died for us on the cross. His death... Uh, substituted our death because there had to be a payment. You know, that's what, that was, the, that was the, the, the penalty. God laid down the law. He laid the penalty for the law. He is a just judge. He cannot violate the law. He's under his own law and he's bound to his own integrity. And so um, he needed, there needed to be some other way to uh, satisfy the law and satisfy God's love. And so Jesus comes into the world and he dies. He sheds that blood symbolically. Even just one drop that he would have shed would have been enough, judicially speaking. He just needed to shed 
that blood uh, of the sacrifice. And he died for you and for me on the cross. So that's the plan. Now, the next thing is that all who recognize Jesus as their Savior receive reconciliation with God, and they also receive eternal life. So now, all of a sudden, you know, the attention is no longer on Jesus because he's the plan. But what do we do with the plan? Who's going to, you know, who's going to actualize the plan? Well, you and I have to do. That person that you're speaking with, thank you, has to actualize the plan. So now, all of a sudden, you know, you have God there. You have uh, Adam and Eve sinning, Jesus, and now, okay, it's you. You're the actor now. What are you going to do with that? What do we do with that plan? So we acknowledge, we recognize Jesus as uh, our Savior. So what, what does it mean to confess Christ as our Lord, to receive Christ? You know, what, what really what is being said there, not to get it into much, too, uh, too much Christianese, too much, you know, religious language. It means, I mean, if you're given a check, you, you have to cash it. I mean, what good is it if I get a million-dollar check and I stuff it in, uh, you know, uh, some, uh, some place in my, in my house and I don't use it? I put it under a bunch of other papers and it just stays there. I don't use it. I don't sign on the back of the check and I, I deposit it. There has to be an action. You know, so God did this amazing thing in potentiality for everyone. But now, this amazing gift needs to be received and needs to be actualized. And you and I are the ones who do that. How do we sign the back of the check? How do we benefit from what God did on the cross through Jesus Christ? Well, we say, you know, I acknowledge and I believe that what Jesus did on the cross as the Son of God and the perfect sacrifice applies to my life. And I, I own that. I receive that sacrifice of Christ for myself. And I, I choose to believe and to confess with my mouth that um, through his sacrifice, I am saved. Okay? That's the part that we have to do. You know, it's easy and it's hard many times as well because it's hard for us to sometimes be that humble. But there has to be a move of your will and of your consciousness to activate the sacrifice of Christ. If you don't do that, it's, it might as well not have happened. See, some people don't, people don't understand that many times. You know, there's a part that we have to do. God has done practically all. But if you don't act on what God did, then it just has no impact on your life. And so that's where you have to confess, you have to acknowledge, you have to receive all these good words. They mean that you have to take a part in that. So the plan is there, and the, the action is there of Jesus. Now you confess, you acknowledge. And then all who, all who recognize Jesus, when you acknowledge Jesus, um, if, you, if you recognize, all those who recognize uh, Jesus as their Savior receive reconciliation. Now to receive Jesus means, as I say, acknowledging our sin and confessing that Jesus is the Son of God. That's just that part. All of a sudden, the focus is on, on you and on the individual doing that. Okay? Now, that's it. You know, the Bible says if you, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. Wow. So, there's, there's an if there. 
Uh, and there are many ifs in the plan of salvation, you know, regarding some of these verses, they have an if implicit, you know, kind of in there, inserted in there invisibly, that there's an if is if you act, if you confess, if you believe, okay? And so to receive it means acknowledging our sin, confessing that Jesus is the Son of God. And this is about acknowledging our sin, this repentance, you know, this confession also, because you have to confess that, yeah, you have offended God. So that's important. And then the last thing, now you can, you can just say to that person, um, if you want to do that, you know, would you like to do that? There's all kinds of ways, you know. You kind of gently, you sweeten your voice all of a sudden. You don't sound like a shoe salesman trying to close a deal here or a car, you know. Hey, would you, would you like to do that? I mean, you can do that uh, and you kind of, you know, look the other way and because people are sometimes a little shy or they're a little embarrassed, you know, to be sold something. You know, 21st century people are so hung up. They're uptight. Just got to say, hey, you know, if you, if you want to do that right now, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to just, um, you know, uh, bring you before the Lord and come with you before the Lord so that you can say to the Lord, I receive Christ as my Savior. And you can put it in any way you want. You know, again, because the Bible says that those who believe will not be lost or perish, but shall have eternal life. Would you like, to, would you like me to pray for you? And there's a couple of phrases that I'd like for you to repeat with me just because, you know, it's good to, to say these things with our mouth. It's good to activate these uh, principles with our mouth. Would you like to do that? Because, uh, you know, why, why is that important? Because, you know, I mean, it, you may have the most efficient and effective uh, car salesman in the world, and he may present this car that is beautiful and shiny and comfortable and highly equipped and easy to pay. But if the client walks out of there not having bought the car or not having been given the opportunity to buy the car, what good is it, right? So there has to be that offer. And that's what we many times get hung up on because we're afraid that people say no and, you know, we'll look bad. It's that false dignity, that false pride that we have. It's what we need to break many times. And, you know, I'm, I'm surprised how many times when I invite a person to receive Christ, they, they are willing to do that. And that's very simple and sometimes very surprising. So you need to do that. You need to um, uh, invite the person and pray with them. And so, and, you know, would you like to pray with me? Lord, I acknowledge that I have sinned against you. And I ask you to come into my life. I ask for forgiveness. Come into my life and uh, become the Lord, the, the, the owner of my life. I open my heart to you and I acknowledge you as my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross. Simple words, simple phrases like that. And uh, then you can, you know, celebrate. So then the next the next piece is that you know you, you can you can tell them you you, you know you just you've been changed into a new person you may not feel it right now but you have you know emotions are great if the person has tears in their eyes wonderful if they're feeling something beautiful but you know it doesn't it's not dependent on emotions it's a it's a judicial contract and when you sign for a house it doesn't matter whether you're you know crying for joy or whatever if you sign you sign Okay, if God forgives you, you're forgiven, whether you feel it or not. You have to tell people that. You know, you, you have been saved. You have been forgiven. And, uh, you know, you may feel later on it's joy. You may feel a transformation. But you have done what you need to do. The kingdom of God moves on judicial principles. 
Emotions are beautiful. We've had a display of that. Praise the Lord. I, I cannot do without that <laughs> more and more. But remember that the most important thing is that we obey and that we walk in what the God has asked us to do. So the final thing is that, you know, you, you, you want to tell, you know, you want to tell that person, you know, you've started a new life. Put it back one, please. You, you start, you've started a new life. You, you, now you, uh, you have to become a disciple. I encourage you to follow the Lord. Gene didn't stay in just that moment of, uh, uh, you know, celebration. Uh, she, she walked in the Lord. And, you know, it's not something we neglect many times. You've got to tell people, you know, salvation is not just, okay, you signed there and that's it. Forget about it. Now you're, you've, you've signed on the dotted line. You've got to walk as a disciple and as a follower of Jesus Christ. Go to a church, you know, attend a church and warn them that no church is perfect. Please. Okay, um, uh, the churches have, you know, their imperfections because sometimes, uh, you know, young believers, they think that, uh, you know, we're all ready to go to heaven with shoes and all. And it's not like that. You know, that churches are imperfect places. So tell them, but you need to congregate. You need to uh, fellowship with other believers in order to grow in the Lord. You need to read your Bible. You need to pray. You need to learn. You need to study the Word with others. You need to take a discipleship class like we have here and so on. We need to encourage people to change. You know, it's a turnaround. It's a complete turnaround. Um, 180 degrees. So you got to encourage them to come to church, bring them to church, sit with them, encourage them. It's so important because that's the whole area of discipleship. We, we are called to be disciples. Amen? We're called to serve the Lord. We're called to be, not to reproduce ourselves and to become useful to the kingdom, not just consumers of the gospel. We need to be also um, producers of grace and channels of God's grace and message. So we, you want to become a, a productive member of the kingdom of God. I mean, there's no sterility in the kingdom of God. God, uh, he, he um, fertilizes you, so to speak. He, you know, makes you uh, productive to be, a, and you move in that will of God. The final thing is just, you know, a summary. So, uh, you know, I, I, I put this down into six you can see it pretty big. That's my ineptitude with a PowerPoint. I should have made it bigger, but I didn't have the time and didn't want to get to. But, you know, you have, again, remember we said perfection. God created a perfect world. Sin, man's sin separated us. So you have separation. Then you have God's plan to correct that consequence, and, uh, which is Jesus Christ, God's plan. And then now it's, the focus is on the individual. They have to accept or reject acceptance, and finally, a confession. And the final one I should have put down there is salvation. If you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are saved. If you ask for forgiveness of sins, you have it, okay? So that's, you know, six, six uh, steps, really, six key things. And sometimes, you know, it's been reduced to five even. I've seen it. But there's all kinds of good um, plans. You can look it up on Google. Since Google was invented, you don't need the pastors anymore. <laughs> Or teachers. But, you know, if you want, just Google plan of salvation, okay? There's a lot of great stuff. Take it seriously, okay? Because, I mean, this is your, these are the tools of your trade, okay? So you want to know that really well. You want to own it. Who knows? You may end up being saved yourself and you didn't know it uh, by uh, learning this. So let's bow our heads and, you know, if, if um, and, and let's ask the Holy Spirit to seal these teachings into our hearts this morning. And, you know, as I've made this uh, plan, as I've announced this plan of salvation, if there's anyone here, you, you, maybe you've been touched by Gene's testimony or by what I have said. 
and you are you you all of a sudden realize you know what I haven't I haven't uh, asked Jesus really deliberately to come into my life and I want to do that this morning you know what a perfect moment to honor Gene's journey so and if you want to do that I, I would invite you right now even you know if you want to raise your hand or if you want to come forward come with somebody if you're a little shy but if you haven't received Christ as your Lord and Savior this place is open right now and we'd love to pray for you I mean, there's something very powerful that takes place when you confess Christ as your Savior. You know, principalities and powers, demonic strongholds are broken. You are given a new identity, a new nature, a new life, a new future. And if you'd like to do that right now, this is so important. You don't want to miss that opportunity. You don't want to leave this place. If you're not sure of where you stand with God, um, I would love the privilege of praying with you right now and celebrate a new chapter in your life. And if you want to do that while we pray here, we're absolutely open and wanting to do that, okay? And uh, if, if you, even if you don't do it now and you want to do it at the end of the service, come quietly up to Sam or myself or um, Brandt up here up front or whoever, you know, do that, Okay? Because it's important. If you don't sign that check on the back and deposit it, it might as well not exist, okay? So it's important. Let's become uh, fishers of men and women. Father, in Jesus' name, what a joy it is to handle the mysteries of your kingdom, the utensils of your temple. Lord, uh, we are not worthy. We're simply not worthy of such a privilege. And yet you have given it to us. And uh, we handle it with great gratitude and a sense of awe. Father, we are desperate to see lives saved. We are claiming the so-called methadone mile for Christ. We are breaking principalities and powers. Right now, Father, we are proclaiming the Lordship of Christ that brings healing and salvation. And we will not be content until we see that place cleaned completely because you will have brought many to a saving knowledge of Jesus. We declare that the owner of every soul in Boston and New England and even this nation is Jesus Christ. And we claim them for the Lord. And we want to be a part of the miracle. We want to be a part of your army, Father, your loving army, uh, serving you and warring against the powers of the enemy that wants to kill and destroy. But you have come that we might have life and life eternal. I bless my brothers and sisters, Father. I, I plant a seed of uh, uh, evangelism, effective evangelism in their hearts and in mine as well. We will go out into the streets, Father, and you will give us opportunities and our eyes will be alerted to opportunities and we will do it boldly and we will delight in seeing people come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for this congregation of men and women who have been saved by the blood of Christ. Lead us from here with peace in our hearts and with joy to serve you. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. What a joy to be with you this morning.